I'm Douglas Brush, and you're listening to Cybersecurity Interviews. Cybersecurity Interviews is the weekly podcast dedicated to digging into the minds of the influencers, thought leaders, and individuals who shape the cybersecurity industry. I discover what motivates them, explore their journey in cybersecurity, and discuss where they think the industry is going. The show lets listeners learn from the experts' stories and hear their opinions on what works and doesn't in cybersecurity. Hello and welcome to episode 81 of Cybersecurity Interviews. In this episode, we're speaking with James Patchett. James is the president and CEO of the New York City Economic Development Corporation, or NYC EDC. James has spent his career building stronger cities through investments in affordable housing, innovation, and 21st century infrastructure. During his tenure, he has overseen some of the city's most ambitious projects, including launching a citywide ferry system, developing Mayor de Blasio's 100,000 jobs plan, and optimizing New York City's EDC's 60 million square feet of real estate. Prior to his appointment as NYC EDC president in 2016, James served as the chief of staff to Deputy Mayor for Housing and Economic Development, Alicia Glenn, where he helped oversee more than 25 city agencies and played a pivotal role in preserving thousands of affordable homes. James holds a BA in economics for Amherst College and an MBA from Stanford University. In this episode, we discuss NYC building a cyber army, economic development through cyber, business accelerators, matching inventors with business coaches, New York City's talent pool, and so much more. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Thanks for listening. Well, James, thanks for joining me on Cybersecurity Interviews. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate you having me on. Well, that's great. We were just talking before we hit record that I was uh, not too far from, from where you live now in Brooklyn, but I used to be in Brooklyn before coming out to Colorado. But how's New York doing these days? It, well, you know, I love New York. You know, it's my, my job is to love New York, but I also actually love New York in my personal life. Uh, you know, I have two kids. We live in Brooklyn. Uh, you know, there's my kids every day get to do something different, go to the, go to different museums. Uh, there's so many different restaurants to go to. It's an amazing place to be. Uh, and then the city overall is doing great. I mean, we have the lowest unemployment rate in history. We've been uh, at, we're at our max in terms of uh, private sector employment. Uh, and it's just it's just really a vibrant city right now. It's a great place to be. Okay, and so right now you're the president and CEO of the New York City Economic Development Corporation. How how did you get there, and what was kind of your journey into let's say you know the the the, the public space? Right. Well, you know it's funny. I I, it's, I I like to say, which is true, that in many ways running economic development for the city of New York is my dream job. But it wasn't like I planned my career around it. You know, you just kind of do one thing and you do another that's interesting and you end up here. I started out my career, uh, well, I was I was trained in economics and then I went into consulting in economics and economic development for cities across the country, which is a good founding for doing economic development. And then I ended up getting my MBA at West and followed up working in finance for a while, particularly in urban finance and doing a lot of work in cities across the country and some across the globe, actually. And then I worked in the mayor's office for a bit. And the mayor asked me at the beginning of 2017 to take on the role of heading economic development. And I've been here for close to three years now. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely, you know, I, I, I still, you know, wear my Yankee hat everywhere. 
um, even in Colorado. And we uh, have a couple couple friends that were all my all my friends are basically from New York City area that are out here now. So I still have a very strong passion and love for it because you know, it's it's the heart of the world in many any aspects. And, and certainly with what you guys are building, um, you know, we've seen certainly New York be the epicenter of finance, but other things. But what you're trying to build now, and if the if the quote from um, from TechCrunch is correct that New York City wants to build a cyber army, what exactly does that mean? Like, what's the push right now that New York City is trying to do when it comes to cybersecurity? Right. Well, if you know, if you step back, step back to the history of New York's economy, you're right. I mean, you know, we are the traditional home of finance. We're known for media and healthcare. Those are the traditional industries that have anchored New York for decades and decades. And, you know, I think it was you know, 15 years ago, if someone sitting in my seat, their role would have been to make New York City also a tech capital. But so that's sort of the work of the past now. There's no question that New York City is now, uh, you know, a major tech center as well as all of those other industries. I think we're, you know, widely known as... Uh, one of the top destinations for tech in this in the country and in the and in the world we really see ourselves in particular as an international center for technology uh, so when it comes to cybersecurity, uh, you know early on in in my role here we were you know, thinking about what are the next big initiatives that we're going to undertake and we wanted to focus on what industries the city should be investing in uh, and cybersecurity just came, kept coming up again and again from people in industry, people in venture capital, uh, from academic institutions, uh, and of course, from people in the government who are concerned about it as a risk. And so all of those things together just uh, made it a really obvious opportunity for the city to invest in. And how, you know, there, I guess kind of walk us through where, where some of this, you know, the Cyber New York City program is actually doing these things? Is it purely in staffing? Is it technology investment? Is it job placement? Where where do you guys fit into the mix? Yeah, so we it really has three primary prongs. Uh, the first is focusing focusing on establishing New York City as an international landing pad for cyber companies. The second is on taking companies and growing them to be the next billion dollar company in cybersecurity, uh, and the third is really. What you cited is building the, a cyber army, developing the cyber workforce of the future. And I think each of these components is, is really exciting to us. And we're investing $30 million from the city uh, combined with $70 million from the private sector. So it's overall, it's a $100 million initiative investing in cybersecurity. Uh, and, you know, in some ways, the, the thing I'm most excited about is the cyber army uh, because, you know, it's, it's creating jobs for the people of New York that's, that's so key. Uh, to our future, uh, and there, you know, we're always trying to find opportunities for people from all walks of life to get into good-paying jobs, and cyber is a really great place for that. Uh, so, our program in the aggregate is called Cyber NYC. Gotcha, and I, and I believe that you have, um, you know, there's everything from, you know, kind of breaks down to maybe a couple different parts, but uh, there is the accelerator, which is hub at NYC, that has. Um, the ability to allow people to kind of connect in that space. I mean, we're very connected social media type type of economy now, but guess what exactly does that do to get the right people talking to each other? Right. So, you know, I think the, the we are referring is our hub.nyc. So just going back to early last year, uh, we had decided we, were, we wanted to invest in cybersecurity. And I took a, a trip to, to Israel, to cyber tech, 
uh, and had a chance to meet with you know both a bunch of you know, investors in startups in Israel. You know, Tel Aviv obviously is well known for its for its cyber sector, and what we heard from everyone there was, we want to come to New York. There's such a natural connection between Israel and New York for cultural reasons. There's a business opportunity in New York City, and so. Uh, as a part of that, we met with Jerusalem Venture Partners uh, and Arel Margalit, who uh, is the founder and principal of Jerusalem Venture Partners. And we started talking about what we could do together, and they ended up responding to our Cyber NYC call for partners. Uh, and what they came up with was what you're referring to, which is hub.nyc. Uh, and it's what it is going to be is it's an accelerator uh, located in Soho in New York. Uh, it's going to run a program that will cover 10 industry-focused startups every year, and they'll run those in cohorts. Uh, it's a 50,000 square foot space, and they'll they'll bring in companies as well as the startups, and you know run an accelerator program for post-Series A companies. So us, to us, that's an opportunity to give companies who uh, are in the city and are looking for access to big ideas uh, access to startups who are coming up with those ideas, and the startups at the same time will get access to customers. Oh, that's great! Yeah, we we have some similar. Yeah, and about every major city now has these these accelerators, which are great. And I've kind of worked with things like uh, Boom Time, Boom Town out here, and TechStars, which is obviously pretty well known. Um, I guess what you know, what is it like for a you know a startup? I've I've gotten my Series A, I'm, I'm past angel funding rounds, and I'm saying, okay, I've got my legs under me, and I go say I really want to kind of plant a flag in New York City. What is what does that look like to get involved with that uh, accelerator? Yeah, right. So, I mean, you know, the, the you know, they take the recruitment process very seriously. We're actually the all of these programs are launching right now, so this is a great time for this conversation. Uh the 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 hub is opening in October, so next month, uh, and they'll be starting their first cohort right afterwards. Uh you know, and we already have a lot of applications from from companies who are interested in being a part of the accelerator. Uh, and we also already have 20 companies that have located in the physical space, uh, just to just to be there. So not technically in the in the accelerator program, but they're there to you know to co-locate with other companies. Because you know, in spite of how connected we are through social media and everything else, I mean, we, we're you know we're all familiar with this concept of collision theory, and we do hear from people in cyber across the city and across the world that having more places to convene and be co-located just helps them advance their products and bounce ideas off people. And so that's part of the idea around the hub. But, you know, it's not just the hub. The hub is one of like eight initiatives that we have going on. Another we have and the hub is really focused on helping companies grow and get to that next level. So, you know, you have you're working on developing a product. Let's give you access to a customer who might actually be interested in in buying that product. So I go back to one of the conversations I had with uh, a leader at a financial institution here, someone who's actually responsible for innovation at a major uh, financial institution in the city. Uh, and he was talking about their cyber efforts and saying, you know, we really believe in innovation here at company X uh, and we're constantly investing in it, but it takes me 18 months from the time that I see a good idea out in the ecosystem to actually bring it in house. And he said, by that time, you know, it's almost like the world has passed us by. You know, I mean, we, you know better than I do how fast technology evolves and how quickly hackers are moving. So 
they, the, the corporates, they want to be able to move faster. And so bringing the smaller startups together with the larger companies uh, is really a win-win for both sides. So with that too, it sounds like they might even get, you know, we see with a lot of startups. I mean, one of the, one of the challenges I've certainly seen with folks in the technology space and in particular with cybersecurity is really bright people can do amazing things. Reverse engineer malware, writing a business plan and sticking to it is maybe not their forte, but they have a good idea and they might try to go to market with a good product. Do they, do they have the opportunity then to get some, maybe the business coaching of things that might be outside of their comfort zone? Yeah, actually, that's a great question. So one of the programs that we have is called Inventors to Founders. Uh, this is you know, t- focused on exactly that question that you're raising, which is we have somebody with a really great technology idea, but they might not have a, a business a business solution uh, or a, you know a, a real business plan for it. So that part of that part of that inventors to program founders program, which is being run by Columbia University Technology Ventures, is matching inventors, folks who are coming out of all of the universities in the city, with ideas and matching them with uh, you know people with the expertise to actually get their business started. And there's also also as a part of that, we have another accelerator, which is a pre-seed accelerator. So it's you have an idea, you're not quite sure how to turn it into a business. Let us help you with that coaching and business expertise to actually turn it into a product as opposed to, you know, a brilliant technology. Gotcha. So yeah, I mean that that that's perfect. I mean, because that's that's where I've seen so many good ideas just knock it off the ground because they just don't. You know, it's just it's kind of a foreign thing to a lot of people where they they just don't yeah. realize that there is um, there's a business to run. Um, it, it, you know, certainly there's there's challenges in any city, but you know, one of the things you certainly and having done startups in cybersecurity, I actually did a cybersecurity startup in New York City with my first uh, you know kind of cyber venture was was actually started in downtown Manhattan. But there's there's certainly the challenges. Um, you know, and a lot of people think, well, gosh, you know, New York City's too expensive. There's too many regulations. There's too many like there's there's a lot of preceded bias that people have with starting business in New York. I mean, what would you say to those folks to say, I, I think you might have it wrong. There's definitely some concerns, but what maybe what are some of the things that people have maybe a mis miscalculation yeah. for New York City? Well, you know, I mean, I think fundamentally what I see uh, is is just a different economy than we had 30 years ago, which is the way that talent and companies locate each other. I mean, you're in Boulder, Colorado. You, I think, appreciate this, which is companies used to locate in places and people came there to work for them. Now it's the opposite. Uh, companies are going around in this competition for talent and locating where the people with the skills want to be. And New York is just one of those places. We have an unmatched talent pool. There are 2.3 million people in New York with a bachelor's degree or higher. That is more than Boston, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., San Francisco, and Los Angeles combined. It's just an unbelievable wealth of talent here in the city. And you hear about all kinds of all kinds of issues uh, from companies. But the number one thing that I hear from people in any industry, cyber included, is I need more access to talent. I, I, I think I hear that across the board. And I will tell you, New York is the place for talent. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was just talking, I was having beers with one of the local founders of a cybersecurity startup here. They're about year five into it, doing extraordinarily well. But that was exactly what he said. He's like, you know, the biggest growth problem we're having right now um, is is recruiting locally. Um, there's just not enough of a talent pool that can meet 
our level of growth. Um, so it's it's good to hear that that is yeah such a focus to the initiative because I think that's where people don't realize like when you start to try to scale your business, you, you actually kind of need people eventually, and and hiring them and finding them is a, is a challenge into itself. Yeah, you know, and actually, what I what I hear from folks in tech generally uh, is that New York is great relative to Silicon Valley because we actually have a tremendous depth of talent in tech, but it's not as hyper competitive with people moving every six months to a different startup. So that's an advantage of of being in New York for for founders. And I would encourage people to come here. And you know, as as you mentioned, that's why we're focused on talent as a part of this. You know, we looked around the around the world and we saw, you know, that we really had a deficit of programs specifically teaching people cybersecurity skills. We looked at, uh, you know, Washington DC, which has an incredible ecosystem of cybersecurity built up around the government, right? The government is the largest spender in cybersecurity. Following them is the finance sector. So you say, well, New York is the leader of the financial capital of the world. So we would be an obvious location for cybersecurity expertise. But we looked at what the what the DC area had, and the University of Maryland has a program with 8,000 people in cybersecurity, and we had nothing like that in the city, which is why we made cybersecurity talent such a major focus of the program. Uh, and there are a bunch of initiatives as a part of our effort that are focused on talent. Uh, and we really wanted to run the gamut from somebody who uh, you know has really no technical background, getting them through a cyber boot camp so that they can come out and get a job you know, maybe at a cyber range, all the way up to people who are mid-career professionals and want to add on some expertise in a particular field uh, and giving them access to, you know, new master's degree programs that will allow them to advance their career. So it really is a, a wide range of, of initiatives to enhance our workforce and train thousands of people in cyber skills. I think, you know, you, the statistics are mind-blowing when you, when you look at it globally. I mean, you know, I'm sure you've heard these numbers before, but, you know, the number that I always hear cited is 3.5 million unfilled cyber jobs mm -hmm. globally by 2021. And New York, you know, we see that as an opportunity. Like I said, 2.3 million people here with bachelor's degree or higher. We want as many people who are located here in New York to have the skills to compete for those jobs because we know that the companies will follow and, and I guess, you know, that, that becomes an important part, right? You know, one of the things that we've seen, I've talked to some other folks on the podcast and even folks that I've hired, I mean, it's just been, you know, real direct experience is that a lot of the times you get people that are out of, you know, good, good college programs that could take three to four years and then maybe another master's program. So after seven years, you're trying to train people, but when you have this, this kind of, you know, you got to put butts in a seat now, some of these boot camp programs or accelerated training seem to be a great uh, fit because it can get people some practical skills and, and moving forward. What are you guys doing along that boot camp? Does it maybe have somebody that might be looking at a second career or just wanting to get involved in the field, but don't know, you know really where to start? Yeah, so so that's so our boot camp uh, program is being run by Full Stack Academy. Uh, you know, we had, which they're a well known mm -hmm. uh, trainer in, in this area. Uh, and the, the way that this was focused was, you know, people of, all skill levels who are interested in getting into cybersecurity, uh, we are interested in bringing you in. The one thing that they really look for is grit. Somebody who is going to, you know, work really hard, stay with the program, uh, and get access to, you know, get access to these jobs at the end of the day. Uh, and one of the really nice things about the the boot camp program is it actually comes with it a bridge program in partnership with uh, LaGuardia Community College, which is one of the best. 
uh, known community colleges in the country for really thinking outside the box. So what they're doing is taking people uh, with really a lower skill set in the first case, getting them up and ready for the boot camp, and then the boot camp teaches them the skills to get a job. So our program is based on you have to get people placed in jobs, otherwise you don't get paid. So that's the whole function of the cyber boot camp. Uh, and we actually just um, just had our first cohort that began in June and it's set to graduate at the end of this month. You know, and it was a really diverse group of people. It included Uber drivers, high school teachers, lawyers. So it just really was a wide range of folks. And that's exactly what we wanted. We wanted people who were, you know, in an industry and they wanted to do something new, people who had a limited skill set um, and were stuck in a career they didn't think was going there. And that's really what this is about. So it sounds like they don't have to have necessarily, you know, two to four years of technology training necessarily. They can get really, you can get started right away. That's exactly right. And one of the great things about cybersecurity jobs um, is that they're they're actually, they're quite accessible. Uh, and that's one of the things that was most uh, most compelling about it. You know, what we've seen is that overall in technology, actually, you know, more than 40% of the jobs in, in tech don't necessarily require a degree in technology. So, you know, you can learn the skills, as you know, for coding without having a four-year degree or an eight-year degree. And one of the worst things that can happen is having people go invest in, uh, invest in, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in a program that they don't need to do in order to get a job. And this boot camp, which, you know, we're paying for, people are getting into this program, they come out with the skills that they need, and the program gets them a job. So that's really a best case scenario for someone, as opposed to, you know, going to, uh, you know, a for a for profit boot camp provider that, that, you know, may or may not end up with a job at the end of the day. And that's hard for people depending on your skill set, right? I mean, you have people who are going here who are lawyers and like, you know, they probably have a fine day job and they're doing well. But if you're if you're driving an Uber right now and you're taking time away from driving that car to go to school, you know, you can't really afford to also pay twenty thousand dollars for a six month boot camp and end up with no job at the end of the day. Right. So, it's, I mean, that's you know, what I find interesting about this, too. You know, there's always across all the political spectrums, there's always this issue of, like, well, what you know, what is a public program going to do with the intersection of private sector. And it sounds like here, I mean, you're, you're actually kind of work pretty hand in hand with, you know, folks that say, hey, look, we have all these open job recs, you know, here are the type of areas that we're looking to fill. So it sounds like that I would I'd imagine on the private sector side, they're, they would, I would imagine they're, they're fairly grateful to the fact that you're basically kind of putting people on a platter for them. Yeah, we have a great advisory board of professionals from uh, fr from the cyber industry in the city. It's founders, it's venture capitalists, it's people from the from the the large institutions in the city, like the financial institutions and some of the larger tech companies that are located here. And they're all really interested in it. In fact, uh, just as an example of that, you know, face Facebook has a large office in the city, um, and one of the programs that that is that came out of this is a new master's program that our city university system set up in collaboration with facebook so facebook helps inform the curriculum of the master's program and this is students coming out of our community college system so you know what we always hear from employers is 
you know, training is great, but how do I know that the skills that they're learning in the classroom or the or the or the boot camp are the things that we actually need? And so the more we have employers in there informing the curriculum, uh, the more likely we are to succeed. You know, and, and another component of this is is what we call the cyber core, which is a bunch of folks who are just industry professionals who have agreed to go into classrooms across our university system and teach courses or co-teach courses to make sure that people are getting the right skills. I mean, you know, it's so it's so common, unfortunately, in education, even really well-intended educators are just teaching people, you know, the wrong skill set for what they really need to get a job. And there are a lot of people who are graduating with a four-year degree in computer science, but they don't have quite the right skill set. So they still have to go to a boot camp. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I can't tell you just well actually about everybody I've ever <laughs> hired that's come from a four-year program. I've I've basically had to say, you know, you're starting at ground zero. I don't care if you've done, you know, an, an associate's degree, a uh, and then a bachelor's, and then a, a master's. You're you're pretty much going to start at zero because, as you mentioned, you know, the the uh, the pace at which the industry is changing is outpacing by the time you know most colleges can implement a program. Yeah, um, and actually, the, that part of that actually, Doug, is is why I think you're right that employers see so much value in that, which is the, 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 from their, from, from our perspective, we want employers to see this as a service and we want uh, people to see this as an opportunity. So if employers see it as a service, if they say these programs are generating people that reduce my training costs, then they're going to hire them all day. And that's how you really succeed. Cause I've always believed that these investments in training only work when companies really see them as a, you know, as a business, as a, a value add to their bottom line. That's what this has to be about. Because I know, I mean, you probably know this. You're probably spending three months of on-the-job training or more with folks just, after, as you said, after they get their four-year degree. And the, the less time that takes, uh, the less uh, of your, you know, time your existing people need to take away from their day jobs. So that's part of what this is about. And, and that's a good point. You know, a lot of times we say there's, there's obviously there's, Tons of different skills that you can build. The you know, proverbial best cybersecurity person in the world, this full stack kind of person. But you know, what are some of the things that you might hear back from from your kind of core group of people that you're working with? Of you know, we really need to see this. Is there something that's particular talent? Is it uh, skill set? Is it you know something as easy as communications? What's some of the feedback that you're hearing that people are really saying is is possibly missing in the workforce? Well, well, yeah, I mean, talent was the number one thing that we heard. And it was really, it wasn't necessarily a particular skill set. It was just, I am, I want more people with cyber skills. That was, you know, that was across the board. And I think, you know, from, from my perspective, what you, what we want to see in the city ultimately is we want to see CISOs located here. Uh, we want to see entrepreneurs and small businesses started here or located here. And we want to see big companies locating their cyber ranges here. So we want to see really people all across the spectrum of jobs in cybersecurity here in the city. And that's what we have now. And this program is about investing at each of those levels to make sure that we have more CISOs, more cyber ranges, more startups and better protected companies. Cause I mean, you know, from our perspective, this is about growing jobs, but it also is addressing an existential threat to the economy of the city. You know, there's there's no industry that's a greater risk of cyber threat than our financial institutions and our financial institutions uh you know as i said before are looking to innovate more so the more innovation we can bring to the city and bring them closer to it 
the better protected our economy will be from the future. So there really is a potential win-win here for us. Yeah, and I, you know that brings up a good point, and it's not even just the large enterprises, but I forgot what the statistics were. The the, the number it was a, a vast majority of small businesses, uh, medium-sized enterprises, that after a significant cyber event, um, basically have to shutter their doors after a year. Um, because they just can't survive. So it sounds like you're also trying to create that culture of, you know, New York City has some some level of cyber resiliency. And I think that starts baking into the, you know, maybe some of the other folks in the small business mentality of, hey, wow, we actually got to think about this because this could have an impact on our bottom line. Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought up small businesses. So, because I've been talking about the large businesses, but we actually just uh, ran what we call, called our Cyber Moonshot Challenge. Uh, and we, we offered uh, you know, prize money from a bunch of, to a bunch of startups, uh, with the challenge being make small businesses as safe as resilient to cybersecurity threats as Fortune 500 companies. That was the challenge, and we had some incredible proposals. We had 169 different proposals from all over the world, and then we had 18 finalists, and we're actually on the verge of announcing the the winners. And we had so many great uh, great pitches that I think we're going to end up awarding, you know, significantly more money than we originally anticipated. So we are also focused on small businesses as a part of this. And I think this, we're really excited about what we're going to see from this moonshot challenge. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, that's, uh, I, I love the concept of it too. I always tell people, you know, why, you know, why not shoot for the moon, you know, <laughs> you know, come up with something good. And it's because we do, we really have this, yeah, this moment now where we have to really kind of accelerate these, uh, these initiatives, you know, and when, yeah. it, you know, when it comes to that, are, are the small businesses to going to have access to folks that could, you know, come out of the, um, the cohorts from, from job training? I mean, is it something that's then open to them as well as they start to build their programs? Yeah, absolutely it is. And another another component of what we're doing in addition to giving the small businesses access to the talent um, is we have a, so we're, we're partnering with this company Sosa. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. They're an Israeli company also. Um, and they're a corporate innovation firm. Uh, and what, what, you know, what they do is they hold events and they have a, they have a wide network of entrepreneurs and small businesses that are a part of their network and they co and they run events that bring them together with the larger companies so that everyone can, can share expertise and learn from each other. Uh, and that's another element of our program. Uh, we're calling that the global cyber center because a lot of SOSA's network is companies from all around the world and co co-locating them and, getting them to share best practices across uh, across different companies is one of the real goals there. And, you know, I think you know, everyone in cybersecurity acknowledges that, at least that I hear is like, you know, when they're in the four walls of their organization, everyone is super sensitive and not wanting to share, share information uh, about what they're doing because they think it puts them at risk. But on the other hand, they do want to be hearing about what other people are doing. So this is kind of a, a, a low stakes way for people to share information without having to share encrypted files. Gotcha. You know, but some of this too, I mean, do, do you get the opportunity to kind of, I wouldn't necessarily cross train, but at least cross seed some of the knowledge to other folks in the, you know, in the, in the, whether it be the government space locally or, or, state or even national say, look, you know, cybersecurity is a concern. It's something that we do need to look at, not just in what we're doing in economic development, but, you know, something that we kind of ingrain into the culture of our organizations. Do you get to kind of message that across you know, to, to other folks that you work with as well? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, I think, you know, so in addition to our Cyber NYC initiative, we have NYC Cyber Command, which is focused on protecting the city from cyber threats. Uh, that's not un under my purview, but we work very closely with them. And, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty unique. It's relatively new. It is specifically about, you know, protecting local municipal government. Uh, and it's run by uh, you know, the, the city's CISO, uh, Jeffrey Brown, who came out of, uh, came out of the NSA and is, you know, knows what he's doing. And he has a, a huge team. And so we actually, we see value add from each other, right? I think he sees more value from more innovation in the city and more resources for him to tap into uh, in ensuring that the city is safe. And, you know, again, it's kind of like, is the, the more expertise you have in the city, the safer everyone is. That's our belief. And obviously, you know, New York is New York is a target for everything. And we want to make sure that we're both secure, but we're also taking advantage of those risks to create opportunities for the people, uh, people who live here to get into good jobs. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, I, I, I think there's, you know, coming from New York City, because I really say, well, most people think, gosh, oh, it's just too big. There's too many people. But there's a community there. It's it's really it's it's interesting how tight knit different, you know, whether vertical industries or little networks of people kind of form. But it sounds like you're actually trying to help, you know, contribute to the community building of cyber within inside this is almost more of a you know, long term strategic kind of goal. Yeah, I, yeah, that's exactly right. And I think, you know, if you take away anything, it's that we're the city is serious about this. You know, we want companies to come here and we think that the programs we have are a really unique opportunity for companies to succeed here because we're creating creating places for companies to get together and collaborate in kind of an unprecedented way. And that's what we hear from people all the time is like, it's just hard to get together and communicate. And all of these programs are about bringing people together, bringing bringing experts in the field into the classroom, bringing com small companies together with big companies, bringing academics together with business people. That's what this is all about. And, you know, I think people want to be part of an ecosystem that's vibrant and is easy to access and where they know where to go to, you know, to grab a beer with somebody who is going to be able to, you know, help them think through the challenging question that they're, that they're thinking through. And, you know, that's really what this is about. It's like the city is open for business, for cyber. We're investing a lot across the board. Board and we want people to see the value in that. That's awesome. So, James, where can people find you online? Uh, Cyber-nyc.com. Gotcha. Uh, great. Well, I'll be sure to put that in the show notes of where people can find you. And we uh, will put all the links to that. And I greatly appreciate you taking the time today. Great, Doug. Thank you so much. It was really a pleasure talking to you. And I hope you have good luck hitting the slopes this winter. Oh, yeah. We're gearing up for a good one. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks, James. Thank you so much for joining us today on Cybersecurity Interviews. I hope that you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Please go to cybersecurityinterviews.com where you can find every episode, including show notes and links for each guest. There you can also find social media links and to sign up for new episode notifications. Thanks. We'll talk soon.